Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. It's the first time, but very honored that Boris Epstein joins us. He's an American Republican political strategist, investment banker, attorney. He's currently the strategic advisor for coalitions for the Trump 2020 campaign and also in charge of Jews for Trump. And formerly, he was chief political commentator at Sinclair Broadcast Group, a fellow broadcaster, so we appreciate that. He was involved as a senior advisor to Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, as well as the work the McCain-Palin campaign. So, Boris, a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, it's an exciting time. We just launched our Jewish Voices for Trump Coalition yesterday, which I'm honored to be a co-chair of. So it's a great time for us to talk. So let's talk about Jewish Voices for Trump. What is that all about? Uh, So this is the advisory board of our coalition, and we've got a great team. Uh, the co-chairs are myself, Julie Strauss-Levin, Dr. Miriam Adelson, Dr. Uh, Mr. Sheldon Adelson, and Wayne Berman. And then we've got a great group of Fred Zeidman, um, Saul Fox, and Miriam Eleven, so many others. We've got a group of uh, right, right out about 40 people who are on this advisory board, and then we're building out the broader coalition as well. So it's a very, very exciting time. It sounds almost like the Republican-Jewish coalition. Is there a difference between this group and there the... Is. So, there, so this is an official group as, as part of the Trump 2020 campaign. The RJC that Matt Brooks runs and that Norm, Senator Norm Coleman chairs, both good friends of mine, is an outside group. Now... It's interesting because the conventional wisdom is is that the Democrats, no matter who runs, will get the majority of the Jewish vote, and the Republicans get a small amount. I was, it was interesting to see that the latest poll showed that the Donald Trump is doing better with the Jewish vote than commonly thought. I believe he's over 30% if, uh, from the latest poll. He was, a, he was at 30%, which is five points more than, uh, than four years ago, and then Biden is underperforming Hillary Clinton, and it's obvious why is that, right? Because... Joe Biden, Kamala Harris are now the leaders of the anti-Semitic Democrat Party. They're meeting with anti-Semites like Jacob Blake Sr. in Wisconsin. They're harboring anti-Semites at their, at their convention like Linda Sarsour. They are, they are not pushing back against anti-Semitism, and they're not friends to the state of Israel. Look at, look at the contrast to President Trump. Sign the Just Act into law, which enables easier restitution for victims, victims of the Holocaust. Signed the Holocaust Education Law and uh, Act into law, ten million dollars toward Holocaust education. It enabled the federal government to fight against anti-Semitism and use all their resources to do so. There's, you know, there's so much getting done by the president, and of course, everything he's done for the state of Israel. Promises made, promises kept. Moving the uh, U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the Jewish state of Israel. Recognizing the Golan Heights as Israeli territory, ripping off the terrible Iran deal, which is an existential threat to Israel, and, the, and then the Abraham Accords of just a few days ago that I had the honor of being at the signing of. So and by buying all that, and you forgot it's, about it's, UNRWA. It's, it's a huge contest. Before you've got UNRWA, I'm, I'm personally very passionate about defunding the United Nations Relief and Welfare Association, which perpetuates Palestinian refugees, which should not be the case, because normally the United Nations, after a conflict, decreases refugees. The only exception is the Palestinian Arab case through UNRWA, where they keep on increasing funding and give them education and tents and refugee camps and perpetuates the refugee status, which does a tremendous disservice. So I'm glad to see that's one of the things they're not talking about very much. I'm glad to see the defunding taking place the president is a champion of the state of israel he's a champion of jewish people the president absolutely wants to see peace in the middle east and that's what the, the achievements of the abraham accords are historic to that end 
uh, is because you know, there have been two other peace agreements, Egypt in the 70s and, and Jordan in 1994, but never, never there has there been an agreement between two major Arab nations and Israel at the same time. And also, this is a warm peace. And what I'm saying to your point, to your broader point, is that as soon as the Palestinians are going to have to come to the table because the Arab world is facing toward Israel now. The Saudis are opening up their airspace. The, business, the tourism is flowing. Businesses uh, between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain is, is ongoing already. You could get a kosher meal in Abu Dhabi. It's easier than you can get in Washington, D.C., where I am now. I think all the hotels are going to be serving kosher, or all the rest, or all the hotels are going to be serving kosher. Right, they already are. Which is, is there going to be a Pesach program? That are people asking I, me? I would, I would expect so. <laughs> but, you know, that would be a question. That's not a question for me. I'm the campaign guy. You know what I mean? Now, you mentioned about the Democrats. Mark Melman, the CEO of the Democratic Majority for Israel, was just on our broadcast the other night. And he made a point of saying that that they made a conscious effort to have nothing about settlements, occupation, the Democratic platform. This is the only platform where where you have everything pretty much steered to the left except on Israel. So he was saying that they held the line on Israel as opposed to climate change and everything else, which they went to the left. You know, it, the left has become such a caricature of itself. It used to be, Zev, that the left and the right had an agreement on Israel. There was a bipartisan support for the state of Israel and the Jewish people. That is no longer the case. The Jews and Israel are not the bad guys for a lot of, for a lot of them left. Look at Elliot Engel. He got forced out of Congress, got, got voted out, largely because of his support for the state of Israel as a Democrat. And that's truly pathetic. And he also ran a very terrible campaign that also didn't help. Yeah, but if you look at the policies, right? If you look at the policies of the far of the far left, uh, you know, the far left candidate who defeated him, a lot of it was attacking Elliot Engel for his support for the state of Israel. Now, let me ask you questions. Mm -hmm. When you have Democrats on your program, Democrat leaders on your program who are who speak to the Jewish community, what's their answer? To Linda Sarsour speaking at their convention. What's so they, I asked, I asked uh, about that, Mark, that very question, Mark Melman. He said Linda Sarsour was denounced by a spokesman for Joe Biden, when, to which I replied, I would love to see Joe Biden himself uh, respond. They said, well, he can't respond to everything, but uh, he spoke for the his spokesman, spoke for the campaign, saying that she has no place in, in the party. So I'm just saying what. Right, but, then, but then the news came out that after that, they back channeled to her on, on an off the record call. Which I guess leaked. Uh, they, the Biden campaign said, "Linda Sarsour, we're sorry we distanced ourselves from you." Okay, the, the, I, I've been saying this a lot. You know, the difference is both the far left and the far right have hateful elements on the fringe. The difference is that the far left elects those fringe elements to Congress. Linda Sarsour, Ilan Omar, Jim Clyburn has minimized the Holocaust. Right, the left has institutionalized anti-Semitism within itself. That's what it is. That's why the choice for the Jewish people. It's so clear on November 3rd, you have to vote for Donald Trump. Our safety and security, the safety and security of Israel and the Jewish people in America depends on it. So let me ask you, Dugri, a practical question. The majority of Jews tend to vote Democrats no matter what. I, again, you, we pointed out that the, Donald Trump is five points ahead of where he was five years ago, might even be more. So what is the strategy for trying to get more Jewish Americans to vote for Donald Trump? What is going to be the goal? What's going to be the strategy for the next um, two months, or less than two months? The strategy is this. The strategy is, is to maximize the... Uh, is, is to maximize the support for President Trump from Jewish Americans all across the country, but of course in the battleground states. We know about the concentration of Jewish Americans 
Yeah, you know, the, you know, we know we know where, where they are in the battlegrounds, right? There's many Jewish Americans in Florida, and Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Arizona. I've got relatives and friends all over the place. I'm, you know, obviously honored to be 100% fully Jewish, and my ethnicity goes. You know, I I I think if I did 23 and Me, which I've never done, I think I'd be one of the few hundred percenters. You know, <laughs> um, but so if, if if you look across the country, it's clear that there's a, there, there there are a lot of Jewish Americans in a lot of the two battleground states. With Florida being uh, being first and foremost, no, certainly Florida is key. So the question though is, is just reaching out. So what is there going to be special events? Is the president going to be coming in to speak to Jewish community? Are there going to be special Jewish events to try to shore up that support? What's being planned in that realm? Well, I'm not going to announce that at this time. At this time, but we're going to be working hard and full time to make sure that we have Jewish Americans, Hispanic Americans, Black Americans, all Americans energized to vote for President Trump. And yes, there will be all sorts of events, of course, COVID compliant and so on and so forth, uh, to to make sure that uh, that all our supporters, all voters in America, even those who didn't support us four years ago, are energized to go out and vote for President Trump. Will we see a television commercial of the president's grandchildren? I'm not going to get ahead. Of, uh, I'm not going to comment on that. Absolutely not. I'm not going to comment on that. No, no strategy. But so what's the biggest challenge? Because when you speak to it, and I hear this because, you know, we, and listen, we have the largest concentration of Orthodox Jews in the country that listen to this broadcast. We have liberals and non-religious Jews as well. For the most part, in the Orthodox Jewish community, they're very pro-Donald Trump, and the outside the Orthodox are pretty much anti. So, and you see the, the schism that's out there. It's very, a very hot issue. I mean, I can, you know the fact that if you walk down the streets of Manhattan and they suspect you're a Donald Trump supporter, you're in bad, and among the Jewish community, it's even worse. The, the vehemence. I've never seen anything like it. So how can you turn somebody like that around? It's not about turning any one person around, right? It's all about making our message clear. It's what we saw you and I have talked about for the last couple of minutes here, right? Mm-hmm. The the Democrats have become the party of anti-Semitism. President Trump uh, represents leadership, represents pro-Israel, and represents strength and standing with the Jewish people. The two con- the contrast could not be starker, and that's the message we'll continue to deliver day in and day out. Boris Epstein is our guest. He is, as you just heard, they have a new group, the Jewish Voices for Trump. That's um... to be clear, and I want to make this clear for your listeners. This is a this is a, a coalition that is part of the Trump campaign. We're not a separate group. This is a coalition under the auspices of the Donald J. Trump for President and campaign. And that's part of your job as being a strategic advisor for the coalitions for the Trump uh, 2020 campaign. So you're building coalitions with various groups, including, you know, for the Jewish community, which is so important. And I'm glad to see that as targeted. To, to be honest, Boris, I live in New York. I miss seeing both Democratic and Republican candidates for president jockey for the Jewish vote in New York. That's been missing. I'd love to see a more competitive race, especially in places like New well, York. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I was just talking to some of our friends and, and some of my colleagues yesterday maybe uh, obviously covid compliance and all that maybe putting on an event in crown heights to to gather with some of our supporters for the president or somewhere else in uh, in brooklyn you know i my family moved as jewish refugees from russia we moved to brooklyn i love the community so maybe that, that's the conversation i'd love to have and you put the people together and uh, hey if the hateful uh, anti-semitic bill de blasio doesn't like it he can show up and try to shut us down Hey, that would be terrific in, in New York because New York is forgotten. And personally, from what people are saying to me, because of the crime that's rising in New York City, the president may do a lot better in New York than he did four years ago and much better than what people anticipate. 
We believe that New York is, is a state that is going to end up sooner or later coming back home, coming back to the Republican Party, because the because New Yorkers are smart. I'm, an, I'm proud to call myself a New Yorker. New Yorkers are smart. We know that these hateful, disgusting, fucked-up liberals like Bill de Blasio, also known as known as Warren Wilhelm Jr., which is his real name, uh, are, are not the leaders we want. I mean, de Blasio is one of the most despicable, horrible politicians in the history of this country. The way the way he's targeted the Jewish community, he's, he's trying to not allow Jews to go to funerals while allowing Black Lives Matter to do whatever it wants. That that contrast, that hypocrisy by de Blasio is truly despicable. So, Zav, you want to put together a little bit of an event in Brooklyn, get some of our friends together. I'll be, let me know when and where. I'll be, oh, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to put it together because I, I if frankly, if he wants to come by, we maybe we you know we 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 give him a will get a lot of attention. By the way, as a memory, growing up, I grew up in Borough Park, Brooklyn, and I remember as a little kid having a big rally on Thirteenth Avenue. Thousands of people. It was a Democratic rally. I was a little kid. I remember they sang a song, "Yerum Hayum." Nixon is a bum. Obviously, things have changed. Where today it's a lot more Republican in Borough Park than it was. Then, but they see thousands of people out there. It just was a wonderful. And the question is how to make it COVID safe. That's going to be the big challenge. But the fact is, though, to have a big rally in New York would send a tremendous message. Well, again, whatever event we do, always COVID compliant, et cetera. But uh, you know, you've got you've got my email, you've got my numbers. So absolutely, uh, let me know. And I'd love to come as a co-chair of Jewish Voices for Trump. Would love, would love to come to New York and meet with our people and 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 show support for the president of the United States and everything he's done for the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Yeah, certainly, and, the, and and by the way, a lot of the Orthodox, what I keep hearing over and over again, is there's an element of Hakaris HaTov, recognition for good, and the president went on a limb to move the embassy to Jerusalem and to take on Iran and recognize the Golan Heights. It wasn't popular even among those who were in the State Department and elsewhere, but he did it, and that's why you have a lot of people in the Orthodox community that are very supportive of that. So I want to thank you for what you're doing, and congratulations on your position. We look forward to having you back again. Zav, sounds good. Thank you so much. I'm Shana Tova to you, your family, and all those listening who celebrate that. I'm Boris Epstein. Thank you. I look forward to Shana Tova to you and your family. And uh, Dasvidanya. We look forward to having you back again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.